Hey people, welcome back to another episode of Good Friends, Good Luck from Kayla and Jordan. We here, we back. We live. I think we on episode 10, is it, we not episode 10 yet, are we? So, I think this is episode 10. Yo, that's 10 episodes. That's 10 things, 10 times that we did this. That's crazy. That's 10 things. That's 10. 10. Yeah, maybe. Feels like a number of completion, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we'll be at 11. I don't, you, we're, we're good with numbers, you know, so <laughs> the next one is 11, so. Well, welcome back, everyone. We are excited to be here talking to each other and simultaneously to y'all by mm-hmm. the time y'all hear it. So, how are things going, Jordan? How's it been? Pretty good. Yeah? Just celebrated your birthday. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. Went to D.C. That was a very chill trip. Um, Kayla is not usually A, a fan of surprises, or B, a fan of not having control of stuff. So, it was good to... I asked, how are you doing? No, I'm, 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 like, I'm, I'm letting everybody know. You always do this. No, I'm bringing it back to me. Relax. Okay. So, usually she's not a fan of that. So, planning this whole thing, I was, like, kind of nervous. Kind of, like, hopefully she <laughs> likes the trip. Hopefully she's going to enjoy the things that, that I have planned. And picking the trip, I was like, I know that Kayla don't like control and stuff. So, celebrate her birthday. I'm going to just plan a trip to where we're going. And then when we get there, let her decide what we're doing. And I think it gave me a feeling of like, when she said, oh, I love the Airbnb. Oh, I love DC. Oh, I love all these things. It gave me this feeling, this affirmation that I know how to do this thing. I know how to uh, plan a trip. But then also it gave, I felt like when Kayla was like, I just want to chill. And like, it gave her time for rest. That also made me feel good because it made me feel like, you know, like, Sometimes Kayla don't get the rest, and sometimes when you plan trips, you want to do everything, but we kind of just chilled, so I had a very restful weekend, and I also did not feel anxious at all, because I knew what I was doing, and I feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. about you? Well, how are you doing? So I feel good because of the weekend. Well, I think you have some stuff that the people might want to hear about that's been happening. Oh. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing? Talks about Kayla. No, I was tell, I was telling everybody how we celebrated your birthday. <laughs> um, I just recently, last week, unveiled. I'm a part of this project called Track Takeover. So in Philly, my art is on Walnut Locust Station, which is like hey which is like the station. Which, if you're not from Philly, is um, one of the subway stations downtown. That, so, yeah, like in Rittenhouse. Yeah, like downtown. which is like where people got money at. Yeah, so well, it's, I, it's, I don't know if the people with money get on the subway. What you think? They I mean, in Philly, they, in Philly they do. Okay, because you really got a. I mean, it's, Philly's not big, so you can you catch your two stops to your South Philly home or your. That's true. You're uh, just about just before North Philly home. Um, so it, it's it was amazing to see my art down there amazing to see the feedback and everybody has been congratulating me and applauding me and all these things and it's been very fun to to go down i've been been down there a couple of times and it's so good to just see my art and so big like that and like i've i used to ride this up every day to get to <laughs> school or get anywhere and now it's like amazing to see my art like that you know like there it's still surreal a little bit because i don't know not, it's not, not surreal, it's real. Yeah, it's still like, before it was happening, I'm like, is this thing going to happen? Even the day before when they're <laughs> announcing, like, tomorrow is the thing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to see it when I I'm gonna see it when I see it. Just, I don't know, sometimes you doubt yourself and doubt things and doubt reality. And 
this is a very real thing and a real, very tangible thing. Like, I won't hop on the tracks and touch it, but, like, it's a very tangible thing I can see and feel and people can see and feel and experience my art in the subway. And it's really exciting because, like, it's the subway. And, mm. like, in New York City, our ads are good. Like, when we get when we go on a train in New York City, like, it's a lot of times me and you will be like, oh, my God, you see that ad? Mm-hmm. And so a big thing for, for that project was really highlighting artists in the ad space that's available in the trains, mm-hmm. which is super cool because, like, everybody looks at those ads. Like, especially if you're, wait- if you're just waiting and not for nothing, the trains don't run as often in Philly as they mm-hmm. do in New York City. So you can be there for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, to get to look at Jordan's art, I just think it's just such a cool thing. It's such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And this is that season of my art where I'm taking everything to the next level. I just opened up a show in Brooklyn this month. I have a couple things to end this end this month with, planning a bunch of stuff. So that was just kind of like the the primer for the for the start of my career. Like, oh, you're doing things and like you're accomplishing. It's one of the, it's one of those things that I, I'm a some I, I just called I was talking to my homie and he's like, you're gonna be able to tell your grandkids about this. And I was like, hey. I didn't think about that. Like, I didn't think about I the mean, historical implications of, of this. Not even that. You've got a son right now. And yeah, but even that is like, I'm going to be able to tell him, like, yo, Blaze, like, we're going to be able to go down there and see this. Or or he's going to be able to tell us, like, you know, your grandpa had his, had his, had his art down here one day. And it's going to be like, wow. Like, I, it's just a historical context of, like, the things that I'm doing and how art pushes black people forward. Also, I'm doing a daily poetry thing. Um for the month of February. Oh, you working, working. Yeah, I got a lot of things that I'm trying to do because art is my life and I want to continue to make it sustainable for me. So I'm doing all those things to keep it sustainable. That's dope. Mm-hmm. You're writing a lot of poetry too. Y'all know from, was that the last episode when we did some poetry? No, was one Was it? Yeah, we did the creative one, then we did the check-in, so it was two episodes. Mm. So episode eight. Yeah. Creative, the episode that in the description they say we read some poetry, we mm-hmm. read some poetry. Mm-hmm. So y'all know that Jordan be writing, and it's just been really cool because I think like you took some time off from writing, so to get back in the mm-hmm. last few months, it's been really cool mm-hmm. just to see like your daily thoughts in poetry form. Mm-hmm. Wow! Happy Black Future Month to you, brother. Mm, happy Black Future Month and Happy Birthday to you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now ask me again. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> Um, I've been really good. I really enjoyed our trip to DC as well. Ah, I, I really like DC. And so when I graduated college, I was like, for sure and for certain, I was gonna be moving to DC. I was like, I I want to work in DC. I want to live in DC. I was all like, even if I don't have a job by September, I'm just going out there with my dollar and a dream, and I'm gonna make it work. And I ended up not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but DC has always been like a city I've I've kind of adored, and it's like a small. A city. We were talking while we were there about how it's not really a city, mm-hmm. um, but it's small. You get to know it really quickly. And we were just talking about like the black people in DC have such a feel, and I think it. I would attribute it entirely to Howard's presence in DC. But in DC, black people are just like so proud to be black, and they're like out loud and celebrating. And black people aren't just contained to black spaces. Like you can go anywhere and see black people, which is one of my favorite things because anytime I go somewhere and I'm like, why are they, why am I the only black person here? Or like mm-hmm. when I like rejoice that another black woman walks in, it's like, that's not comfortable, you know? And DC feels like a very comfortable city to be as a black person. Um, and it almost feels like you get, even if you're not from DC, didn't go to Howard, it's like you get to revel in that spirit that Howard has created for so many black people in DC. So it was just nice to go back and kind of see that, especially as I'm thinking about, 
you know, where I'll be after I graduate my, my degree program and where I might be working. So that was a good time. That was a really good time. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What's been happening outside of D.C.? Work has been really awesome. <clears throat> Just celebrating my birthday. I feel like everything is like... Like, coming into 24, I feel like all the parts of my life are, are like, fulfilling. And I don't even say what I want them to be because I don't necessarily know that, like, I'm attached to any idea of, like, what I want each thing to be. But what I do, what I do appreciate in each thing is, like, going along for the journey and it being fun without having to necessarily always think about a destination. So, work's been really good. I have been having a lot of fun with my team, like, getting really settled into my position now. Now that we're in the second semester and I know the people I'm working with and how to work with them and I can kind of like bring in some fun stuff a little bit more and, and try new projects and do new things and just hanging out with friends for my birthday was really fun because I don't, this semester I only have one class and I don't have it with any of my, anybody in my grad program because it's in a different program. So just like being able to see them more and have friends from work over and friends from like other places over and like, we've done a lot this past month. Like, we went to go see a con- Nao concert, which... Amazing. If you ever catch Nao in your city, you have to go see... First of all, if you don't listen to Nao, N-A-O, she's a British artist, black woman. She's, like, uncomparable to any artist. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't... I couldn't... Mm-hmm. I couldn't... I couldn't compare her to any artist, but she's such a powerhouse. And, like, getting to see her live and, you know, just kind of... The, even like the way my friendships have changed once I find out people listen to Nao, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a type of person if you listen to Nao, and mm-hmm. I like you because of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so just doing all that kind of fun stuff, and um, just last Friday before we left, the day after my birthday, their um, NYU headed student affairs conference, which is an annual conference. And this past year, I, I sat on the conference committee as a part of my role um, as professional development chair within my student organization at NYU, and. The conference, I've been to the conference before, but this year, <clears throat> I actually presented at the conference. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I presented at the conference with two friends of mine. Shout out to Hector and Stephanie. We presented on uh, just contextualizing the undocumented student experience in higher education and how to best support undocumented students. And in the beginning of the day, for the keynote speaker, I co-led the talkback. I co-facilitated the talkback. Okay. And it was really fun. It was just like... Everything just felt like I was in flow. Like, there was nothing about the day that felt stressful. And conferences have the potential to be stressful. But I just feel so good in who I am and where I'm at. And I know the things that I want to say. And, you know, it it doesn't feel... Like, it's not nerve-wracking for me to be sitting in an auditorium in front of 700 people talking to the keynote speaker. Who, like, is the keynote speaker at a conference, right? Like, it just feels like having a conversation. Yeah. You know? And I think... That's a part of what affords me the opportunities that I have is my, my comfort with myself and my comfort with my ability to do things, but also just like making those impressions on people by having good conversations. So you seem very comfortable out there as well. So I, I as I know you that's what you experienced, but it also looked you looked very calm and collected. So you came off as, as that as well. Like you felt yeah. even in your presentation you looked comfortable, like you were just mm-hmm. chilling with your Starbucks and, and then on stage you was <laughs> my tea. <laughs> yeah, your tea. And then um on stage you were just like talking. Like it was just you. So mm-hmm. it was very cool to see that as well. Mm-hmm. And not for nothing. Like I have to say I feel like a part of what makes me so much more comfortable at conferences than I used to. Because conferences, I never minded talking to people, but they used to just kind of feel like I had to do. Like, it felt like I had to go in and do 
Whereas now, what I do kind of feels more natural. And I have to say, like, I started wearing what I want to professional settings. And I don't think that can be understated how important that is. Like, mm-hmm. I used to wear business casual. I would throw on a pants. I would throw on a shoe. Like, stuff I didn't really wear on the day today and wasn't really comfortable to me. Like, clothes that were mine and that I, I wore because they were, of, of the business casual clothes, they were comfortable to me. But now, I like, I went to the conference wearing what I wear every day. I wore jeans, a button-up, mm-hmm. like a made-well button-up. Some vans, and I threw on a blazer on top, which, like, (laughs) I had on for the keynote, but I took off for the rest of the day, Mm -hmm. you know? So, just, like, feeling comfortable in myself and knowing that who I am and the reason why people are... The reason why people sort of ask me to do certain things is not because of what I wear. It's who I am allows me to to be more that much more comfortable doing the things that I would have already done. So, Mm -hmm. just coming into 24 with that kind of a feeling just feels good and, like... I think coming into 24, I kept thinking, like, my mom would be so proud of me. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking that. Like, I never really, on any other birthday, I never thought about how my mom felt. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I always have my mom here. But this birthday, I just kept feeling like, wow, like, my mom would be so proud of me. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly, exactly. So, it was a fun, it was a fun week. I mean, it's a fun birthday month. Now, now we're in the Pisces season, so things are different. But, like, it's still my birthday yeah, month. Had a weird dream last night, so. <laughs> Spicy like, season is here. My clairvoyance is already at all time high. So, well, let's get into our topic for today. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about <clears throat> how would we? How would I give a nutshell introduction? So, we want to talk about. I think the season where I'm at in my life is for the last, you know, few months, maybe the last six months or so. I've really been in a season of like having difficult conversations and like not avoiding those things but really sort of approaching things that are tough to talk about or make me uncomfortable that involve other people um, while still maintaining the relationship and also maintaining respect for myself um, which is a big balancing act like Mm -hmm. a big big balancing act when you know the people who were in relationship have very different wants and needs and desires and personalities and You know, in relationship, I think it's important to be clear about who you are and what your needs and things are. And it's also important for the other person to do that. But to come into a sense of harmony with how you all are both navigating each other, I think is really important. And it's it's hard. And there's a lot of conversations that I've avoided in the past. And since we're in this season of like, let's talk about it. I wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very much so. I think I think. I've always been the friend that, like, if you come to me, you already know I'm going to say the thing that you don't want to hear, like, because mm-hmm. I'm also the I'm also the very much, like, playful friend, but if you want to sit down and have a real conversation with me, you already know that I'm going to get that, that have that real conversation with you, because, one, not that I love confrontation, but I really do love having those hard conversations with people, because for me, it, it, it unlocks a side of somebody that I don't always get to see first, and then B, it also... Help me see who this person is so the next time when I'm talking to you or, I have a f- or next time when we are having a deep conversation, I have full context of who you are and who I'm dealing with. And I like getting to know my friends. So, like, those are those are my favorite ways to do it is, like, having those type of conversations because, like, I know what type of jokes you like, but I don't know what bothers you on the day-to-day or I don't know what is the thing that's bugging you most, most in your life. And, like, those that's the context of things that I like to have with my friends because... Not to, not to say I would commit crimes with my friends, but, like, these are the people that I would commit crimes oh, yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, A couple crimes <laughs> in your day. <laughs> but, like, you, these are the people that you're going <clears> to <throat> ride or die with. So, it's like, 
I want to get to know these people so that I know that in any situation, I know I'm around the right people, you know? So I want to make sure I know how they handle stress, how they're handling stress, and what their what their plan for, for handling stress is, you know? Yeah. I think that, similar to you, I've always kind of been the friend that, like, I'm going to tell you what I feel if you come and, like, ask me about your personal life or you, like, want my opinion on something. I've never really been a, like, friend who holds back. But I think what has been tough is, like, managing my conflict with my friends. Like, that... And I guess, you know, like, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't have conflict with friends, but we definitely never talked about it when I was younger, you know, like, up to a, a couple years ago, like, within the last couple years is when I really started having those conversations. Mm-hmm. And, like, <clears throat> it's hard to say to anybody you love, like, I don't like when you do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this does not feel comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think kind of, like, starting from that place of not, like, you shouldn't do this or you are so blank because you do this. More so, like, opening the conversation with, this makes me feel like this. Because I think, more than anything, that's the part that we're trying to sort of, like, reconcile is how we feel about the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, if there's something that makes us uncomfortable, it doesn't even mean that necessarily what the person is doing has to change. But it does mean that, like, we have to find a way to feel better, Mm -hmm. right? Because we don't want to feel bad all the time. Mm -hmm. So... If you, I don't know, I'm trying to think like a hypothetical situation, but how how do you approach those those tough conversations where like something is going on, something has been a constant thing, and you like have to get it off your chest? I think a big thing for me is I like to lead with a question because I want, for the most part, I think we talk about this a lot, is that what people do make sense to them. Mm-hmm. So I want to see, <laughs> for me, it's like, how does this make sense to you? And that's yeah. how, that's usually how I lead it, like. Do you see how you're acting and do, and why is this the way you're acting? And then I add my portion of like, because the way I see it is this. And so I'm trying to figure out how you see it so that we can find a middle ground or we can find a, a place where our, our communication got mixed up or um, your actions are just a behavior that you are trying to work on or things like that. So it's like, for me, I like to leave it a question like, maybe it just, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Or it could be deeper. Like, do you know that I didn't like that? Mm-hmm. And it's those things that like trigger a conversation where it's like I'm not a like I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out one time I was like afraid of conversation because like I think the big thing about me is that I feel like when people are afraid of conversation with me one because they either think I'm like like sensitive to th- things like that or b they think I'm gonna react in a way that they won't like and for Which me is always a, that's always a reality when yeah. you talk to anybody about anything yeah. And for me, I'm like, but I'm the person I want you to talk to. Like, if you like, even if I was going to point you towards a person that I want you to talk to, it will be a me type of person because I'm very into perspective. I'm very understanding and who I, and what what people want and need. I I can't and I'm not. I don't take things personal. That's one of the four agreements. I don't take things personal in, in most settings. It's more like I want to know why that makes sense to you, so that for me, so when I take myself out of the situation. I can see, like, if this makes sense to you in your realm, okay, cool. So, right now, are you talking about maybe, like, something that's been happening interpersonally, like, with you and another person? Like, something that they're doing to you? Yeah, right. For Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Or if it's, like, a dangerous behavior that they're partaking in or, like... Yeah. Or something that I see them doing that I'm like, that don't make sense to me that you're doing that. Let me figure out what what's up with that. So that... Not to change your thinking, but so you have to say it out loud, first and foremost. 
So that if if that if you're doing something wild, you have to say it out loud so you so you know that we're in a reality space. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I feel like I don't know. I feel like <clears throat> a big part of the sort of like back and forth I've been having is sort of this idea of like, is this something that I want? this person to like change or do differently because I want to maintain a relationship or is this a person who I don't necessarily need to maintain a relationship with right and because I think it's a big thing of like you don't want to tell a person like change who you are but I don't know I kind of feel like behaviors aren't necessarily who you are they're just kind of the pattern that you know to respond in so it's different from telling somebody like I don't know (laughs) change your morals like Mm -hmm. whatever that might look like right that's a different conversation than like this behavior that you do seems like it might be destructive to you in some way or, you know, it makes me feel uncomfortable or it has power to like really shift our, our relationship in a negative way. Like, I don't know, that, that just kind of feels like a little bit of a different conversation. And something like we were talking about this the other night that sometimes like the discernment process that I make is, you know what, this person does this thing like this is how this person is. And I don't want to tell them like change who you are but what I recognize is that this energy doesn't necessarily work for me and that's about me and not you Mm -hmm. right so sometimes for me it's a conversation of do I just need to shift the way that I'm loving this person Mm -hmm. like do I just need to maybe take a little bit more distance and know that that person would feel no no less love like we would feel like we're still in relationship with one another but I'm able to interact with them in a way that is healthy for me without them having to compromise who they are Mm mm-hmm this this brings me to the to uh we was watching the show called Girl, uh, Girlfriend. We was, <laughs> we was watching the show called Friends of College last night and last this we were watching the second season and the first season, um one one couple in the friend group, it one there's two there's not there's a bunch of couples but there's one there's a bunch of married couples and one person from one married couple was having sex with another person from another married couple in the friend group and then it was it got all messed up and then but they were all friends so. Yesterday in the episode we were watching, one the one the woman who was getting cheated on, went went to talk to the woman who was cheating on who was having sex with that woman's husband, and we have so so I think there's potential that people got lost in that. Yeah. So there is a couple Mm -hmm. in the show. Mm -hmm. The man was cheating on the woman. Yes. And the wife who was getting cheated on Mm -hmm. went to go talk to the woman. Who was cheating with her husband? Yes. And they're all in the same friend group, so it's not like she didn't know her. They were friends yes. since college. Yes. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> so, and <clears throat> me and Kayla had very different perspectives on this because because the conversation that they had was basically like the woman who was getting cheated on was basically like, I would I, I have a question about this situation. I can't see any of the happy moments we had together as happy anymore. This will not work for me. Like I can never trust you again. And I was thinking that that is a productive conversation to okay, have. With hold someone. on, you only told half of the conversation. Yeah. So you're only giving one side of it. All right. You can give the other. And this is the part that was that was frustrating to me was that when the woman who was having sex with with the friend's husband, any time that she wanted to talk or that she wanted to apologize or that you know she had written her a letter that she wanted her to read, the other woman just shut her down completely. She mm-hmm. just was like, nope, not doing that. Nope, mm-hmm. I'm not going there. Nope, I'm not interested in that. Nope, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So that's what the conversation looked like before yeah. you jump into your interpretation with only giving us half the story, brother. Yeah. We know what you're doing. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> I, I think the thing I was trying to get at is that 
the woman, the woman who's getting cheated on, did not let the other woman speak at all, but just had just said what she would she had to say to this woman. Mm-hmm. Basically, she asked a question, let the woman answer a question, but didn't really let the woman get a word in ed- edgewise. And I, for me, thought this is a productive conversation to have because if I feel a way, if I feel so strongly that like it does, it really already does not matter what you say. Mm-hmm. Like even if you said anything to me, it would not matter. Mm-hmm. I think me just get, having talking to you and saying, I can't trust you anymore, and letting letting it be clear instead of me not communicating at all. Whereas like I, the woman didn't have to have that meeting with that woman at all, but she what she said was, I don't trust you at all, and I cannot trust you at all because all of the moments that we ever had together felt like a lie, and they thought they were happy moments, but they were actually very sad. And she said she felt dumb, she felt stupid, and it's like that is a worth it conversation for me because it's like if you care for me as a person. You hear me out. I think my thing about that is that if that is where the conversation ended and there was no exchange, then nobody learned anything because we already knew you felt like that. Like I didn't need to sit down with you and ha- and be talked at for me to understand that that's how you felt, right? So my part of it was that if you're not gonna allow space for an exchange, you might as well not have met with her because to sit in somebody's face and say, I wanna talk to you, and then you talk at them and don't let them speak, you take when you literally take someone's voice away, that's not about repair in a relationship. That's not about any sort of reconciliation. It's about your ego. You wanna sit down with somebody and you wanna say, listen to me talk, listen to me talk, listen to me talk, and you shut up. Mm-hmm. then you might as well not sit down with that person because mm-hmm. that's the same thing that happens when there's no line of communication. Mm-hmm. We can both guess how the other person is feeling without mm-hmm. us talking, right? Mm-hmm. So sitting down with me just to silence me and then talk at me is not... That's not... What is that for? Yeah. Because when she started off, she said, I think it's important that we have this conversation before we go on this friends weekend together because mm-hmm. they're still in the same friends group, but nothing... There was no actually no actual opportunity for repair. It's like... You're at the same place where you started, and that's what we saw in the rest of the episode is mm-hmm. that the woman who, who was getting cheated on was still mad, mm-hmm. still acting petty, still mm-hmm. doing like just unnecessary shit in mm-hmm. the episode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, because you actually weren't looking for healing. You just wanted to get your anger off. Yeah. And that's not fair to do to other people. No yeah. matter how you feel mm-hmm. about a situation, that's not fair to do to someone in the and then call it like, I'm looking for repair. Yeah. yeah. I think... Th- I think- in a vacuum, if that conversation did help her, I would have I would have been that's what I wanted to do that. I would have been way more on her side, but the way she acted throughout the rest of the episode showed that conversation did not help her at all. And I think it may have helped the other woman a little bit more because it was like, <coughs> Well, I already know you don't fuck with me, so I don't even have to worry about I don't have to think about it. I, I don't have to guess how you feel about me. I know to stay away from you. I know that this is not repairable. I know this is a thing that might not ever get fixed, you know? Yeah. And I think that, and it kind of worked in reverse because it was like the woman was the woman who cheated was way more comfortable that weekend than mm-hmm. the other other person because it was like exactly. because it was like well I actually got the communication that I needed for for because already if you can clarify to me that this is anything I don't think I wouldn't say that that was a communication that she needed because there was a lot that she wanted to say that she was not afforded the space to say definitely not needed but definitely I think it was more what I'm saying is more fruitful for her than it was for the other woman who. If it was a good a line of communication, I don't know what would have helped. I don't know what in that situation would have helped her. Well, this is this is what I can say, right? Is that bringing it back to like the us, mm-hmm. because it, we don't know how that mm-hmm. person, we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that if I found myself in a situation like that where I am mad at someone mm-hmm. and 
I just want to be heard. One, I'm probably going to have to deal with my anger before I talk to that person, period. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be in therapy. Because the thing is, if you want a one-sided conversation, you know who you talk to about that? Your therapist. Mm -hmm. Because your therapist does not have a stake in the game. They don't have anything that they want to communicate to you. They can just hear you and help you process your emotions. But when you're asking another human being, like, I would never ask another human being, like, sit down, shut up, hear me talk, right? And if that's what I, if if all I really wanted was to be heard, I would say to that person, hey, I really want to talk to you about this because I don't feel like I've had the opportunity to tell you how I feel and I really just need you to hear me right now. Mm -hmm. And that frames the conversation differently than, I think we should talk about this so we can repair the situation before we move on, Mm -hmm. right? Because then that gives the idea that like this is an exchange Mm -hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I like if I were to frame a conversation like that, it would be my hope that that person would understand, like, you had your time to do your thing to basically let me know how you feel through your actions. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know how I feel. And then maybe we can simmer and we can come back to this when we are actually in a place where we can start thinking about how we how we might move forward in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just the, the whole thing of like, the way, just the way she was treating her so rude mm-hmm. is like, that's not, she's still a human being and you are not any better of a person because you treated somebody like shit. I don't care what they did to you. Mm-hmm. That just, that's not, that's petty. And I don't, I don't, I don't like petty. I mm-hmm. don't like petty. Not in grown ass people, especially. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of jumps into the next thing of like, if you, if, all right, so we talked about if, if your friend is doing something, what do you do with your emotions if you are in that situation? Like, if you are feeling sad to your friend, and mm-hmm. but what if you don't feel comfortable talking to that person? Or what if, do you have to feel comfortable? Like, do, I think, and, I think conflict is uncomfortable. Yeah, conflict, <laughs> but what if you are, what if, what if, because I've lost some friends in the last year, and I think... One big thing is that one of my friends was very upset with me. I don't know for how long, but definitely was upset. And then it all boiled out into one big action that I didn't completely understand at the time. But as I got more pieces, as I started to understand, as I started to look inside myself, I realized that, like, there are things that happened that were in my control and weren't in my control. But I think the big thing was, like, um, how much is it on you? Mm-hmm. To fix that situation. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's... Like like you said, first you have to discern, is this a person that... Is it worth it? Yeah. Is this person that I want to continue with or is this a person I don't want to continue with? That's a hard decision to make first and foremost. And that's what, <laughs> something my therapist has been saying is like, why do you feel like you need the closure? Mm-hmm. If it's, not, if it's not a person you want to continue with, why do you feel like you need the closure? Hmm. And th- and that's what we could say about that example yeah. in the in the show is like she didn't want to continue a relationship so you might you, there was no it was an ego show yeah there was no point of you you yeah. looking for a quote unquote closure you just wanted to hurt somebody the way it hurt you mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of things are it's like you want to hurt that person back yeah but I think your your question though is about like what do you what do you say yeah I- I'm trying to think of some examples and like so. I think I've had an example where I was fairly certain, like, I don't want to continue this relationship anymore. I have been talking to you about the things that were hurtful for me in, like, a very honest and, like, vulnerable way, and and you didn't seem to hear me. So at that point, Mm -hmm. like, I don't owe you an explanation as to why I'm not your friend anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just let you know, like, we don't need to talk anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And in that scenario, it actually looked a lot like that. It was like, well, 
and it was actually it was funny because that person actually said to me well it was nice being your friend after I was like expressing how hurtful something they had did to me they said it was nice being your friend in a text message right and I was like bet let me off the hook cool mm-hmm. and you know and then when that person was like trying to reach out like talk to me here and I was like nah it, it was nice being my friend mm-hmm. it was nice being my friend Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't owe them an explanation as to why, like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going back into this hurtful pattern with you anymore. Mm-hmm. So I've had examples that look like that, right? And that's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's easy, right? Like grieving something like that is easy. But when you still have a lot of love for a person and you want to continue a relationship, like what this has looked like for me has been a little bit more of like, Let's just, let's have the conversation so that we get on the same page about what this looks like Mm -hmm. for us, right? Because if we can acknowledge that there's a pattern of behavior that's happening, that is a required entry point for moving forward in any way. So, excuse me, something, excuse me, Mm -mm, excuse me. Like something I have said to a friend is like, this is the thing that happens a lot. And it's happened in this way, it's happened in this way, it's happened in this way. And when this happens, I feel like this, and I don't really know what to do, right? Mm -hmm. And in the example I'm thinking about, this was like something that a friend was telling me about their own life, like something that was happening in their own life, but they kind of brought it up in a way that was like not healthy at all and very much like down on themselves and critical, but like kind of like in a brush it under the rug way. And I never knew what to say when it happened. Mm -hmm. And so in that conversation, for me, it was very much like, I don't want you to feel like that. And like, I don't want you to feel like you can't come talk to me if you're feeling that way. And it just kind of like slips out in conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so for me, that conversation was about like, I, I want to be your friend, but when you do this, I don't know what you need from me. And I get so frozen running through the different options of what I could do that. I feel like I'm not able to be a good friend for you. Right. And like, it was a source of conflict, not necessarily between us, but it was like, I felt like my friend was putting me in a hard position mm-hmm. of like, <laughs> you're doing this impossible thing where like, I don't know what the fuck to say because when, whenever we, we approached a conversation like that, it was never like, I re- I'm going through something like tough. Can you help me out with this? Or like, can you just hear me out on this? And so mm-hmm. like, that's what it has looked like for me in a, in a healthy way. And in that conversation, we were really able to clarify like what she needed how I was feeling about it so that she also knew like this this is something that like makes my friend uncomfortable right mm-hmm. and then now we have the opportunity to like follow up on that conversation because we left the conversation with like well what are you going to do mm-hmm. and I think the big the big tough thing is like if you already have an established communication with somebody in a real way like if this is your friend that you for me I have a lot of friends that I only knew from like smoking weed with or like only knew from having fun times with and I didn't have an established relationship on let's talk about real shit and like establishing that type of relationship is the the part of is the part of friendship that like that makes it a diff that makes it a friendship for me like this makes it real like once I can have a real conversation with you I think it makes it for for me real and I and having that hard conversation sometimes feels like and I don't want to offend you, mm-hmm. but like, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like walking that line of like, what I might say might hurt your feelings, but I'm not hurting your feelings. 
in a personal way. It's more I'm hurting your feelings in a love way. And it, and we just talked about tough love recently. And it's like, this is that line of tough love I like to walk. Of like, I'm going to say what I mean and I'm not going to miss words because I don't want it to get lost in translation. And sometimes you need to feel something about it. Yep. 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 And for me, a lot of my relationships... So for me, I've never been a big closure person. Like, I've never been like... After a breakup or after I lose a friend, like, let me talk to you again. Like, I'm not that person. Like, I'm very much like, okay, that's that happened. I'm moving on to the next thing. And, like, I'm not the ghost type, but, like, I'm more like a, I don't, if we're done, we're done. Yeah. And, like, maybe six months from now we can start over, but I'm not going to continue what we had. So what do you do, right, when, when... What do you do when... Because you, what you just said, right, was like, I'm not a ghost you person, but I'm, but I'm more of like a, this is no longer saving me, kind of like, I'm mm-hmm. going to take a step back person. Mm-hmm. What do you do, though, when like... <clears throat> like, what if the person still thinks you're friends and is like, oh, we should hang out? Or like, what if the person just doesn't realize that like, you are taking space for yourself? Well, I'm very... That's what I'm saying. That's why, I'm not, that's why I said I'm not a ghost person. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll, I'm very clear and like, this is the end and if we want to, if we we're not gonna restart this, we're gonna start something new. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's what I like to do is like if I'm ending something, that thing is ended. Now if we start something new and are doing different things. I'm not continuing this ship. I'm there's not there's a stop and there's another start of a different relationship. Even if it's the same person, we're gonna start over. And like I'm very clear about that with people. So like uh, around my birthday, one of my friends just did some things that I really didn't appreciate. And it was my birthday, so like I'm like, you're not gonna do this to me on my birthday. Like, not not me. Wait, and, this past year? Yeah. And like, I was just like, nah, like I'm not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And that person tried to hit me up the next day, apologize, this, that, and the third. And I'm just like, nah, like that ain't that ain't it. Like yeah. that's that this we won't if we're gonna start something, if we're gonna start something. If I'm going to continue this relationship, it's not going to be a continuation. It's going to be a restart of this relationship. Because, like, I already was not very... already wasn't hanging out with that person that much. I agreed to go go do something for my birthday with them. I was like, all right, this would be, this would be something cool that, like, we could... Um, but this this is my old friend. Let's let's do something. Yeah. But when I realized that this person was in that same pattern, doing the yeah. same things that they used to do, and the reason why I was staying away from them, I was like, oh, this is, this is done, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I think sometimes we see our growth and expect that. And we know that like for ourselves, like, well, I could, I could try to rebuild something with this person from the place that I am now because I've worked through some of my like emotional transgressions, you Mm -hmm. know, like, but we don't know what's happening for other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we're talking about this. Like, how do we talk about like, what is going on for you? Right. Because I think I found myself in that place too. Like, well, I could give this another shot. Right. And and I and then I find myself like, wait, this is the same person. Like yeah. the person I'm talking to is still this person on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do this before. I don't want to do it now. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> I don't know. I guess I'm I'm just kind of like when we're talking about like how we talk about it. Like, so I think sometimes the big thing that prevents me from talking about it is like knowing, identifying exactly what my issue is, right? Because yeah. when you, when you, when you are experiencing conflict and, and you haven't talked about it the whole time, the resentment builds and then there's other stuff that kind of clouds the original conflict, the original source of conflict. And so like a good example for me right now is my grandma. And mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this. I think we talked about it around the holidays, but my grandma is a big, like, 
well, she lives in slower, lower Delaware. Like from New York City, it probably would take me a long time to get down there, like five mm. hours to get down there, right? And so already, like I'm busy. I'm in grad school. I'm working. Like I don't, I don't really have that much time to go down like a few times throughout the year but also I don't like going down there right so it's like a two-sided issue and my grandma is very like well come down come down come down like I miss you I want to see you but if if I like I have asked my grandparents to come up on the holidays in particular and they were like uh no we're not going to drive up there but are you guys thinking about coming down here and I'm like well no if you don't want to drive up here and you are both retired and don't have anything else going on and you have the ability to drive up here, which I don't, what makes you think that I would have space to do that for myself, right? And so, like, that is what, what triggers some resentment for me and just, like, the way that my grandma always calls me, like, always calls me, and I don't always have time to talk. It's, like, it. what I perceive is that my grandma has an expectation of how much I am supposed to see her, Right. But it's never the thing about seeing a person seeing another person is that it can be initiated from either direction. And it's never like she goes out of her way to see me. Right. It's always like, well, when are you coming down? Right. Like, that's just what I'm supposed to do. And that for me is like a to do list item. And I think I've been having a hard time, like really talking to my grandma about it, because one, it's my grandma. Like, she's 70 years old. What am I supposed to say? Like, I don't want to be her friend anymore, (laughs) you know, but it. It's like, I'm not saying that it's wrong for her to want to see me, but I do want to be realistic about the expectation. Like, what I really want to do is manage her expectations that, Mm -hmm. like, I can't come down all the time. Mm -hmm. But when I say that, like, I don't really have time to come down, that doesn't address the part where, like, I don't really want to go down there. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a good time for me. Like, seeing my grandma is one thing, but seeing my grandpa is just, like, a lot of times not fun and, like, gives me a lot of anxiety because of, like how problematic he has been in my life about some identities that I hold. And, like, is that is not the easy part to say. But that is a very big part of the story that allows her a greater understanding than I don't have time. Because when she sees I have some free time, then in her mind it's like, well, you could come down. Mm-hmm. You know? And it and it and it's hard to, like, address with my grandma. I'm like, I also don't... Similarly to how I don't have time to come down, I don't have time to talk every time you call me in the middle of the workday. Mm-hmm. You know, like if she's calling me two times a day, every day, I don't, that's not time that I have. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, it's not time that I want to spend on the phone because we don't talk about nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's an example where it's like, I, I have a hard time even starting the conversation because of the, like, the power dynamics there. Where, mm-hmm. like, she's a lot older. She's someone who, you know, I, I feel like I should respect, but I don't always feel like I respect her because of the things that she does. And that's a source of conflict within me. Mm-hmm. And then, like... You know, it's it's different when it's like family. You didn't choose the relationship to start with, mm-hmm. and then you also got to rectify with like all this person's things. Because the reality is, my grandma has a lot of stuff she has to work out on her own mm-hmm. that shows up in our relationship. And I don't know how to tell my seventy year old grandma. I'm like, you need to learn how to grieve. Like that's a big thing for my grandma is that when she's grieving, she like fills her time with like this. Like she, what my grandma does is she calls everybody she knows. Over the course of the day. Every day. Like, she's, she just cycles through calling people. Even if I go down there, she would still be on the phone calling people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what am I here for? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've come to identify that, like, that, that, what that has looked like around times of grieving in her life is, like, part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And since, since my mom just passed away in July, it's like, 
been heightened recently and it's like so many layers to it that I one don't know how to start the conversation but two like also just don't know how to approach it with someone who's like my elder mm-hmm. I think one big thing that I'm realizing is that when you're having these conversations you have to expect friction mm-hmm. you have to expect some type of friction and I think the big thing is like if you win a straw house it might catch fire mm-hmm. but if, if y'all's made a bricks and you have a solid foundation with this person you can trust that that is, the conversation is worth it. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to build in all of my relationships is a brick house, you know? Yeah. Is that when I'm having these conversations, if I'm telling my friend something, I'm expecting that we have a good enough relationship that this house will catch fire. And, <laughs> like, my, my, some in some relationships, you don't feel like you have a stable, relationship, stable enough relationship to speak up and say stuff. And it might be you, it might be the other person, but you might just not feel like I can talk, you can talk about those things, and it's like, that ain't a safe house to be in. Mm-hmm. That ain't a house you want to be in, that ain't a house you want to keep uh, trying to do repairs to every time it breaks down. Right. Like, you, that is, that is not a house you want to be in, and like, that's, that's a really good metaphor, bruh. That's like, but that's exactly like, it's like, it's not worth this, it's literally what we do with our cars, like, yeah. it's no longer worth the yeah. investment. It's a lemon, like, you don't mm-hmm. want that. It's a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that is, that is, and so, so when you're doing, when you're building a relationship, I was because I would think about how do, how would I ever discern what type of relationship is the one to keep, mm-hmm. and it's like with your grandma. It's like your grandma's gonna be your grandma, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. So like, not to say that it's gonna be easy to to have the friction with her, but like saying that, but also not feeling like you have established communication. It's like it's this strong kind of house that it seems fickle, but like you have to understand that like you can say not that you can say whatever to your grandma, but like. Your grandma's gonna have to understand because it's your grandma, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think, like, it. I don't know. I, I guess, like, I can say a lot more about my grandma, but I think the reality, which when, when you were just talking, what, I, what it made me think about is, like, when you said something about, you know, if we're in a straw house versus in a brick house, and I think, and you said that you're trying to build relationships that are, that are built on brick houses or, like, a brick foundation, but I think. A big thing in my life is realizing that, like, a lot of my relationships didn't have that foundation. They just worked until they didn't. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, trying to go back mm-hmm. and knock everything down to build a... Because that's mm-hmm. what's, what is required to, to build a stronger foundation yep. is literally knocking everything down. Yep. And people don't like that. Especially... Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, as I'm one of the people who is the most confrontational. You, like, burn that shit down. Yeah, I'm like, fuck <laughs> it. I don't... Because it, it ain't working, so we mm-hmm. might as well start from fresh. Mm-hmm. Or we might as well just... Shit. Let that shit burn. You mm-hmm. know? Like, I'm... Of my friends, I am one of the more confrontational people that I know. Mm-hmm. Like... Okay. And it is still hard for me to have certain conversations. And it's like... I don't know. I guess... It's a lot easier, right? When I feel like... Because I think a big thing in my life is that a lot of the friends I've had have been, like... It's just been that we've been in close proximity. Mm-hmm. And so, as I'm coming into adulthood, like, living in, in a new city and figuring out, like, who are the people I want to have as my friends and, like, friendships I want to make, it's a lot easier to think in the future about building a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of conflict, though, comes in because we don't have those friendship agreements, which I said on an episode with Court we need, <laughs> and y'all laughed at me. <laughs> but we don't have that that conversation from the beginning that... Now, as someone who works in residence life... Our, our RAs are required to facilitate the roommate agreement process with all of their residents. Mm. And you know why that is? 
So that if somebody said they was going to clean the kitchen and they didn't clean the kitchen, we have an agreement that makes it that much easier to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. There's that foundation there of like, this is how we are going to live together. Mm-hmm. And we do it in residence life, but we don't do it in life life. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe that's what marriage vows are. Mm-hmm. But like marriage vows are vague, especially if you're using the old, the old ones that was about men owning women. Mm-hmm. Th- that don't work. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, how do you... Because it's clearer for me to see how I would have that conversation with a new friend, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you think is a way that we can, like, go back and negotiate contracts once we're already in the job? Because that's the thing is they tell you negotiate everything you want before you accept the job offer. Because mm-hmm. when you try and go back, they're going to be like, but you signed this paper. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we do it We do it in so many different things. We negotiate what is important for us up front. But in our friendships and relationships, that's not necessarily what happens. And I think the big thing is that we don't want to seem transactional. Right. Because the thing about what you're saying is that it doesn't allow for me to be going through a bad day. Because on a bad day, I might act very differently than how I act on a good day. Me and you just had conversations like, if you're sick, you're not going to feel like washing dishes. So it mm. might be dishes in the sink. And does does our does our roommate agreement allow for that? For you to be sick and not do nothing? And I think, is there clauses? Is that stuff like that? And a lot of people don't want to make their relationship transactional where it's like, here, let's sign this paper immediately. And so then you have to be stuck to this thing. But I think the big thing about that is like, if you are an understanding person, you understand that like there's not there's not a rule that can't be broken. There's not a law that is is a is a law forever. You know, like if you're an understanding person, those agreements are subject to evaluation and saying like right, absolutely. And that that is the type of people. Well, that's the type of people. Because my therapist made me uh, write out what type of people I want in my life. I want to understand an inflexible person in my life to understand inflexible people in my life to understand that, like, if I'm having a bad day, these rules might change and I want to feel comfortable being able to say that to the person and them understanding, like, I might not have felt like it. Simply. Mm-hmm. Simply. And it's like, that's cool. But it's like, after 10 days, you can't just not feel like it anymore. You have to get get up. And that's a, a big part. Another thing is like, you want people who are going to hold you accountable. You want these these type of things that like, when you're framing, when you're building this house, you this you have to, I think that's the big thing, right? Is that build your own house, build your house out of brick, and then you can let people into the house. Yeah. You can let people into the house and they're going to they be like, oh, I like these plants in here. I like... This stuff in here, and they can take that, and when they're building their house, and when you go visit them, they can have a brick house as well. Hmm. Or they, and they can build their foundation in that way. Because it's like, if I know what I want, if I know my house, what I want my house to look like, I want that to rub off on, on other people as well. Right. We're, yeah, so it, it, it's the thing we always say is like, what's your contract with yourself? Right, right. Like, what are the agreements that you have with yourself, and what, what behaviors are you practicing with yourself? Right. Because that spills over. And you know, it's like, it's it's the thing of if I know myself, right? If I know that sometimes I have a like something I know about myself is in the wintertime, things get real shaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the sun don't come out for a while, the sun's actually out right now, which I'm grateful for, but when the sun don't come out for three, four, five months out of the year, like mm-hmm. my get up and go, mm-hmm. get up and left. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it's not there, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like if that's something that I'm honest with myself about and I like work to counteract or like, just work to kind of deal with in the wintertime, which is a whole other conversation that maybe we've been, we actually should talk about, like, wintertime feelings mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, if I know that about myself, right, when we come to our friendship agreement, I can say, like, like if, if the question is, like, sometimes I want to go out to 
brunch on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. I can say, you know what? I also like going out to brunch on the weekends. And I know that where I am financially, I can probably do that this many times out of the month. Mm-hmm. And I know that once it gets cold outside, I don't. I have a harder time leaving the house. So that can be like our summertime activity when I've got more free time and mm-hmm. my budget allows for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it allows me to come into... That's the thing about any negotiation is you have to know what your needs and wants are. Mm-hmm. Like if you come into a negotiation, especially with someone who knows what their needs or wants are and you don't, you will agree to something that does not work for you, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the thing about it is that it... Yes, it requires people to know themselves. And I don't really feel like where I'm at in my life, I can't really accommodate people who don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. Because I can't imagine for you what you might want. Mm-hmm. All I can know is what I want and hope that when we're having conversations and making agreements and sort of doing negotiations, that you are coming to me with what feels true to you as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And so. I don't know. I, I still like the idea of the 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 like friendship agreement as mm-hmm. a as a foundation because mm-hmm. it opens the door that you know, especially in a new relationship, right? Like that you know what the sort of things are that were important to everyone mm-hmm. in the sort of like agreement no- negotiation process mm-hmm. that you have the language for it if it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that what we do now doesn't really. It, it just sort of assumes that everyone has language and everyone knows what everyone's values is, but that's not explicitly communicated. Mm-hmm. And I think, because uh, it, it is nice to start a relationship, but we, we, aren't, we aren't all starting relationships, you know? So a lot of us are in mm-hmm. set relationships that we've been in relationships for a while. And it's like, yep. what is the process of like establishing agreements when y'all don't agree to different things over the course of time? And it's like, but you said this, and but you said that, and it's... And we, over time, you don't realize the things you're agreeing to, or you don't yep. always understand that, like, you are agreeing to something when you say yes to something. And it's like, it's, it's how do you establish a roommate agreement mid-relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think the big thing is, like, <laughs> are, am I going to hold you to your word that you said, or do I have to throw out all of the past experience we had with, with each other, you know? It's like, do we start over, or do we build upon what we already have? And I think, for me... I'm on the camp of start over. I'm on, I'm in the camp of like, we have to, if this does not work, we have to start over. Not that we can forget, but it's like, we kind of have to like throw out everything we know and rebuild it and know that, um, know that, that, that is going to be worth it in the end. Yeah. It's funny you say like starting over. Cause I feel like I am very much of, like, a prohibition as cure mindset. Like, if I'm having an unhealthy relationship with sugar, mm-hmm. what do I do? Stop eating sugar. I say, let me try to stop eating sugar for a few weeks and then reintroduce it in a way that's healthy. Right? If I... Same thing I do with alcohol. Same thing I do with... Like, if I start spending my money all buck wild, I'll be like, oh, no. Like, I'm going to put myself on, like, a very clear budget about where I can spend my money for the next few weeks. And then I'll go back to visiting the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. you know like maybe on the weekend instead of every single day buying coffee you know mm-hmm. so i that's just kind of like the way that i am like if something is not serving me let me let me purge it all together mm-hmm. and then reintroduce to see how to see if it's something that i want to make work in my life right because sometimes what happens like i wasn't i wasn't drinking coffee for mm-hmm. a few weeks when i was when i was feeling under the weather mm-hmm. and that was kind of like a purge like an unintentional purge mm-hmm. and when i came back to coffee i was like Actually, it was kind of nice drinking tea, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned something about myself in that in that time period where 
my vision wasn't clouded by how coffee makes me feel, mm-hmm. right? And so that's a big thing about unhealthy relationships. Like, I am pro taking a break. I am pro, like, let's work on ourselves. And then if we come back together, we come back together. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier, though, when you're doing that with coffee because you know what you're going to get mm-hmm. with coffee. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to Co- get with people. Coffee ain't going to text you in the middle of the night. Yeah, like, coffee's <laughs> not going to interrupt your boundaries. Yeah. Like, you know, like, co- coffee is not going to be like, I know you set this boundary, but here I am anyway. Okay, go touch you like I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and as people, that's something that we have to be accountable for. That mm. if someone says to us, "This is my boundary," we don't we don't push them on it. Mm-hmm. Be like coffee. Be like coffee. <laughs> coffee is just themselves. Coffee knows what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Coffee got all these different styles and formats that they show up mm-hmm. in. Coffee done traveled around the country, <laughs> around the world. Places. You know, before they even get to you. Coffee is working on itself. (laughs) (laughs) Be like coffee. (laughs) That was a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could do like a part two, like a continuation of this. But Mm -hmm. how about if to wrap it up, what if we wrapped up the the conversation with like, say, say your younger self were to ask you, I really have a hard time talking about talking about conflict with my friends or you know at work with my family what advice do you have for me say that shit like, <laughs> oh <laughs> no oh. it's like you gotta say it like <laughs> younger jordan did not talk younger jordan let things happen it's actually it's, it's so interesting because i was in a relationship and it was a lot of times right where i would hold things in for a week two weeks three weeks and then she would come over and I would just yell in her face. Like she wouldn't say anything. And it, it, not to say it was healthy, but I think it helped me a lot because not she That's just why said, you like what that lady did on the show last night. She just said but it was Yep, it was, she ain't say nothing. Yeah, but it was like mm. but the big thing was I was expecting mm. her to say something. I was expecting mm. her to say something. Listen, listen, listen. It all comes out, don't but it? listen, listen. I expected her to say something, and then she didn't. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep going, because I got more to say. And then the conversation... You still we... do that, babe. What? Like, if someone... I don't know. Maybe it could be... Maybe it could be someone else. But, uh-huh. like, maybe it could be me. But, mm-hmm. like, if someone is thinking or processing or, like, doesn't have a response right now, you continue to fill the space. And that a lot that makes people shrink more and more and more. Yeah, and but the big thing is that I... It, would, it wouldn't even be, like... I wouldn't be like I didn't wait. It would be like I'm not done. You're not gonna end the conversation with silence. Like I want to hear what you have to say, and I think that that so past me would just say it, and I think the so what what would kind of just say it in, in that relationship, but then every other relationship would hold things in for way too long and accept things that I didn't like or didn't <laughs> don't have the words for things like that. But like now I'm in a space of like. You have to say it. You have to feel it. It's okay. And I would tell myself, like, it's okay to say it. Like, don't feel like you can't say it because because then in those situations where I'm yelling at my partner, it's like, why am I yelling at you for some for 10 things when I could have just talked to you about one thing at a time? Mm-hmm. So, just say it. I think younger me said a lot, mm-hmm. by contrast. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like younger me was a lot more, like, firecracker. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, like, I didn't experience a lot of ongoing conflict and resentment in my relationships. Mm-hmm. 
So honestly, younger me need to say something to right now me, but <laughs> um, I think one thing that I would say to younger me, and this is kind of where I've like pulled back a little bit, is to be clear about how things make me feel. Because it's very easy for me to identify problems mm-hmm. in other people or say like, this don't work when you do this. But I have not always had the language for the emotional response that it created for me. Um, and so something that I would tell my younger self, something that I would tell my right now self is like, figure out how this makes you feel, mm-hmm. figure out what feeling it is that you don't like so that if you experience in a different context, you know, like this feeling, I don't like this feeling. Like you have the red flag goes off that says like, I don't like this feeling. I need to figure out what this is. This is a red flag for me in this relationship and I don't want to let it go too far. Mm-hmm. So like if the alarm bells would, would signal for me, it, it would allow me to know that now is the time where firecracker needs to come out. Mm-hmm. Like now is the time where I have to say something. And before I was just, you know, I was letting people have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that would be the piece of advice I'd give to myself. And and what I do now, ever since I started journaling, mm-hmm. it's been a lot easier for me to identify how I feel and, mm. and have that, whatever I put in my journal, I can kind of bring to the conversation when it's time. That's what I was about to say, that this this exercise we just did was good. Because like a lot of times things you have to say aren't to other people. Mm-hmm. It's to ourselves. It's to wake ourselves up yep. and say like, talk to yourself. And yep. I think we should all talk to ourselves mm-hmm. before. So. Mm-hmm. Not just your past self, but your current self and your future mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Such a good combo. Give mm-hmm. me a fist bump. Yeah, Boom. <laughs> Affection. Affection. Hey. <laughs> Affection takes different forms. You want to jump into couples care, self care, and all that stuff? Let's do it. Um, one couple care that we practiced over this weekend. We kind of started this weekend on, a, not bumpy, but we had a like conversation that we were like, talk, like it was heated. Yeah, it was a kind of a heated conversation. It was a tits. Yeah, and then, like, what we both realized was, like, we both just want to be heard. Mm. We both just want to be heard in our conversations. And I think this weekend, we we really took care of that. <clears throat> like, we had a we had so many good conversations, we both just listened to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we both were just, like, and at the end of the conversation, we just talked. We're like, we had just talked, and we were like, oh, we don't, we don't have to storm out of here, like, pick up our things and go <laughs> and then move on to the next thing. But I think it... it 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 felt so freeing to know that I was being heard because sometimes it talking to Kayla don't feel like it'd be heard. Sometimes she has a lot of opinion and it's hard to get a word in edgewise and, and she's very uh, I won't say stuck in her ways, but she's very in of her ways and okay. it's it's not very easy to like <laughs> talk to be feel like you're being heard with someone with such strong opinions and such terse uh, terse ideologies. So I think this weekend sure. we uh we really talked and listened to each other, so I really appreciated that as couples care. Me too. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but something that I think, like, is something that I want to do for both couple care and self-care. Um, every time I go somewhere and I'm, like, living on vacation and I'm having a really good time, I always ask myself, like, what about this feeling do I love and how can I take it back home with me mm-hmm. so that it's not, like, reserved for vacations? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I really appreciated the most, as much as we love going out to eat, mm-hmm. like as much as we love getting takeout, mm-hmm. this weekend we just cooked our mm-hmm. meals and we had a really nice Airbnb with a really nice kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was living my dream life in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. And um, just cooking was like really nice. And it makes me feel like 
so good to just have agency over what I'm eating mm-hmm. and like to know that the choices are limitless in a way that they're not when you have a takeout menu with a set amount of options or when you go to the dining hall and what they're cooking is what they're cooking and, and the mm-hmm. vegan options probably ain't good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I really appreciated that like for myself it made me feel like creative and you know like cooking was like one of my original like OG hardcore forms of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to just like have you in the kitchen while I was cooking or like just to like eat a meal together that I made and like, you know, just like watching you enjoy it and mm-hmm. like us sort of brainstorming the idea together, like going to the grocery store together, mm-hmm. which is another one of our OG That's... couple care things, but like going to the grocery store and brainstorming together and then you have an idea and then I have an idea, mm-hmm. like while we're even just picking out the ingredients and then to see like the vision come together, mm-hmm. I think like the cooking part is the part that like really kind of fills me up and it's less about the eating honestly i mean the eating is cool but like Mm -hmm. the start to finish (laughs) is like the journey Mm -hmm. it's a journey that Mm -hmm. i always 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 enjoy Mm -hmm. self-care for me i don't know i've been kind of up and down recently just i don't know i've really i need to go i haven't been to therapy in like a month just life has been kind of crazy been back and forth new york philly just around the country um <laughs> um but the I'll, east coast I, yeah <laughs> traveling you know, airplanes trains, buses. um it has been for me like i need to take care of myself and in all the ways and not just like a specific way because i think for me it's like i've been losing myself in like other people's things and trying to figure out this thing and that thing and trying to and I really need to love myself today and tomorrow and the next day. And so I, I, want, I don't want to be general with my self-care, but, like, I really do need to be general with my self-care. Hmm. Like, I really do need to cover all my bases because it's, like, what I have been doing has not been working, trying to focus on one of, one of the things. Like, all right, let me, work on, let me focus on my work life <clears throat> to make myself happy because it's, like, that's not just going to make me happy. It's all the things. So it's, like, I got to start – I got to just comb my beard when I get in the shower, right? after I get out the shower – all these things that I know are self-care and put them all together and take care of myself because I think, not that I've been letting myself go per se, I just can feel myself being loose and kind of losing, not control, but losing sense of like who I am and what I want to do Mm -hmm. when I had a really good grasp on that in recent times. Yeah. Hmm. I actually um, started putting Kayla time on my calendar. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. You can see my calendar. Mm -hmm. But I started every day I put like an hour in and it kind of came from the first few weeks of school were so busy at work <clears throat> that I like felt like I had no time for myself. And I had to be intentional about like putting me on my calendar so that if somebody's like, oh, can we schedule a meeting for this time? I know like actually we can't because I need an hour to myself today and mm-hmm. it's at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is something I've been doing too. Because when we kind of do it as like when we have time, we never have time. So I got really intentional about like, I'm putting an hour on my calendar weekly. I'm seeing where I have a hole and I'm making it convenient so that like it's right after lunch. I don't have to rush back to work or, you know, before class, I have some time to just chill. And that, that's that been really nice this, this, this past week to just like have it in there. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so easy to like say, oh, I have a free time on my schedule. Yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So that's another like element of self care I haven't really dived dive into. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for this next stage in my career. That's like, 
the success that I want. Like I've been successful. I've I've been I've been very much avoiding the idea that I'm not successful because I think it's easy to look at your bank account and say, oh, this doesn't like success. But I think uh, I've been very successful. But I'm ready for the to look at my bank account and say. This is success, you know, like, this is working for me, this is sustainable for me, and, like, I'm being, I'm very grateful for that ideology and that mindset, and then everything in my life has been showing me, I get new opportunities every single day to do something cool with my art, and, like, I'm very excited, so I'm grateful for that excitement, and grateful for the opportunities I've been getting, and grateful for art in general for leading me down this path. Was that all your gratitude, or, like, that you, was you one, just listed? That was art, and oh. gratitude. Oh, <laughs> so okay, like, <laughs> I just didn't know if you you was like okay I'm rattling it all off because I, I was no, about to rattle all mine off. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm really grateful for my clothes. I kind married again. <laughs> Y'all know I kind married all the time. Every day. But I um I pared down my clothes and you know I, I really asked the questions like does this spark joy? Do I see this in my future? I think that after watching Marie Kondo's new show, that is the question that I didn't really ask. I always ask the question like does this spark joy? Does, you know, like, do I like this? Does it fit well? But I never really asked the question, do I see this in my future? Mm-hmm. Um, and so asking that was, like, really cool. And I'm just so happy, like, for the clothes that I have. And, like, I love everything that I have. And especially after you get rid of the fluff that wasn't really, like, serving you or you didn't like how you looked in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, like, cool to just get dressed and know that you can literally grab anything and, like, you'll feel good. And I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful for that feeling. And now every time she throws something away, anything, it'd be a piece of paper. She's like, thank you. And, like... <laughs> that was like a chocolate bar like you don't have to say thank you to the yeah but when I'm throwing it away I have to thank you for what it served every me. single thing is a thank you I'm like okay <laughs> Marie Kondo said that when you get rid of something you have to thank it for how it served you and we talked about this the other day that it serves you in the grieving process yes yeah, it does. gratitude very much serves you in the grieving process yeah, that's, that's, that's next week's that's next week's episode in the micro like for piece of paper all right um i'm grateful <laughs> i'm grateful for um what am i grateful for I'm grateful oh for, i thought you had things i'm grateful no i, I know some things relax <laughs> i'm grateful for a dc like as a city like mm-hmm. as a vibe like mm-hmm. just being able to go there i'm i always realize that like i've always wanted to be there like it's one of those things like chicago when you walk when you just get off the train or you get off the plane it's like wow like this is a place where i want to be at and like mm-hmm. i don't feel like i'm away from home it feels like oh this is welcoming me in you know yep and like i didn't at all feel on not that i didn't feel on vacation but i felt like oh i'm just going home you know like yep. at the end of the day i'm like oh let's just go home and it didn't feel like a different home than this home you know so i'm grateful for dc as a city yeah that's very real i love that I am grateful for so many things. I feel like I was gonna say like my birthday, but I already ex- I already explained like wh- how much I love my birthday. I'm really grateful for how I'm gonna celebrate my birthday month. Um, I'm grateful for the relationships that I'm building at work. Um, it's been really cool to like work with different people and just be like, hey, let's get lunch and like have lunch with somebody new in my department. And then when I see them at meetings, it's like, oh, what's up? Like, you're cool. Like now I know that you're cool because we had lunch Mm -hmm. or we talked about like the things that make you excited, the things that make me excited. And, you know, it's starting to feel a little bit more like my place and my home. And like, these are my people here. So I'm really grateful for that. What's my last? We doing three? Three things? This your last one, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am... Grateful 
for. I don't even know now. Yeah, it's okay. Dude, we can be done. Um, you get back to force it. Get back to get, no, no, no. All right, I'm going for court. Court came on Friday. On Friday, mm-hmm. and court is one of those people when they were here. It felt like they they belong here. Like there was like a third person. Like not say a third person in a relationship, but like a third person that like. In our relationship. Yeah, like, that added, <laughs> that added something to the space that wasn't, like... Like, just the day before, Kayla had a bunch of friends over. It was cool. It was fun. Blah, blah, blah. But when Kurt came, <laughs> when Kurt came, it was like, oh, this is my buddy. Like, we went we, we went to the grocery store. We went uh, to U- Union Square Park, Union Square, wherever, wherever that was, 14th Street. We did. We had, like, fun. Had really good conversations. Watched How to Train the Dragon. Like, that... And I really appreciated Court. And, like, some of Kayla's friends, I can do it out. Not, not that I can do it out, but, like... They, they, they ain't my, they all my people. Court <laughs> is my people. You don't have to talk about the things you don't like. You, this is gratitude. Gratitude is not, I don't like this. It is, I do like this. So say you're grateful for court. I did say that. Okay, and leave the rest of it off. Uh, we can't take it out now. We could, but we're going to leave it because it's an important lesson that when we're talking about what we're grateful for, especially because we're using our words to create our reality. Mm-hmm. We keep it positive. Well, thank you to Kayla's other friends. but big No, but! Thank you to Kayla's other friends. <laughs> thank you to Kayla's other friends. And a big thank you to Court. <laughs> um, my last gratitude. I just read a book in a week. Mari, Andrew, uh, Mari Andrew. Her Instagram is by Mari... Uh, I might keep saying Andrew. By Andrew. Mari Andrew. Yeah, I think so. Um, and Mari is M-A-R-I... She's a really good illustrator, and I follow. I found her Instagram like maybe a, one or two, maybe three months ago at most. And a friend of mine just so happened to have her book, so we did a book swap, and it was a book about like adulthood and kind of like the some of the important lessons that she had to learn in life about grief and loss and heartache and finding yourself. And it was a really like fun book to read because it was it was so many illustrations in it. And she she after she draws something, she paints it with watercolor. And just, like, she talks about her process and, you know, the book was, like, fun to read. And it was, like, inspiring from the perspective of, like, a creative. Of, like, mm-hmm. you can just do anything. Like, mm-hmm. you can just create anything you want. Um, that was a really fun read. And it's the first time I read a book in a week. But I also attributed to most of the pictures. <laughs> yeah. But it was a really, really fun book. And I'm, I'm just glad to have read it. show. That's our time, people. And we'll have y'all listened all the way to oh, oh for all hour of this. We really appreciate y'all coming back for um, ten episodes. We're gonna have an eleventh episode coming soon. <laughs> uh, uh, we love y'all. Ho- hope y'all find some good friends in your future and have. Hold um, on, F- you have to follow us on Instagram uh, <laughs> at Good Friends. Good luck. You can follow me, Kayla at a Kayla in Progress on Instagram. You can follow him, Jordan at Jordan Point on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Send us in any questions, any thoughts you have at goodfriendsgoodluck yeah, at gmail.com. We, we, we just have a, session, a, a section where we answer a question from our friends, but our friends ain't asking us no questions. We gotta... Our email is goodfriendsgoodluck at gmail.com. And good luck. See y'all next time. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>